FOMO. We were buying slime from kids and adults all over the internet. So we had these interesting relationships and we were like, let's get the industrial Hobart mixers. Let's go to Elmer's Glue and, you know, create the marketing partnership because all of our slime is made with Elmer's Glue and flew to Atlanta and literally like left with a glue partnership. Like we just made this massive list and just checked everything off the boxes and figured out what we didn't know in real time and had a lot of like, OMG, what did we do moments? But so does every entrepreneur. I'm Patrick J. McGinnis, and I coined the term FOMO. That's short for fear of missing out. And it's why some people end up following the crowd when they should be blazing a trail of their own. But if you want to achieve greatness in business and life, you've got to break free. Come on, I'll show you how. This is FOMO Sapiens, where we explore how entrepreneurial thinkers find the inspiration and the courage to build exceptional lives. Welcome to FOMO Sapiens, the show for entrepreneurial thinkers. Now, we have been talking about, in this season already, decision-making. We've been talking about financial FOMO. But of course, the big theme of this entire season is take bigger swings. And so I wanted to get into a great entrepreneurial story today, one that I just super appreciate because it's a story about two people came together to build a business that is super innovative and different and fun, but also a pretty incredible business by leveraging their real skills, but also their passions and their life experience, which is kind of the perfect equation to being an entrepreneur. So that's what we're going to talk about today. My guests to do that are the founders of the Slu Moo Institute, which is this incredible slime experience. I have been myself. I took my niece. It's in Soho, New York, but not just in Soho. It is also in Chicago, Atlanta, and Houston. It's an immersive experience. It's fun. It's interesting. I don't even really like slime, but I had a good time. My niece obsessed with slime, so she really liked it. It was very interesting, just the whole thing, watching how it was set up for children, very smart. And so that is what we're gonna talk about today with my two guests, Karen Rabinowitz and Sarah Schiller. Now, Karen Rabinowitz is the co-founder and co-CEO of Slumu, and previously she co-founded Digital Brand Architects, the first talent management agency dedicated to social media influencers, and she's considered a pioneer in the digital space, having created the influencer movement. Sarah is credited with reinventing the business meetings industry with her company Meet, which launched over a decade ago with three curated venues, each filled with contemporary art, evocative design, and high tech. She also, just like Karen, is an avid art collector and was behind the world's largest blog dedicated to street art, which was called Worcester Collective. And in 2006, she and her husband opened a critically acclaimed street art pop-up in Soho that was called Eleven Spring. So really cool team, as you will see, really interesting backgrounds that they bring into this business. It's a really powerful combo. You're gonna love this episode. Now, as you know, I like to start every episode with the same question. Of course, our new question for season 11 digs a little deeper than usual. And so I asked both the founders, starting with Karen, this question. Tell me something unexpected you learned about yourself that changed everything. For me, the most unexpected thing I learned about myself was the importance of playing. Hmm. And I learned that about 
seven years ago when my life completely imploded and I unexpectedly lost my husband. And it was during a very sort of difficult time in our marriage when we had separated. And then soon after, I lost my cousin in the Parkland school shooting. And I was in a very, very dark place for a long time. And my friend came over with her then 10-year-old who had slime. And I wanted to see it. We sat down on the floor because I grew up with slime. So for me, it was a little bit of like, what is today's slime? What are all the kids talking about? And before I realized it, four hours went by and I had experienced my first piece of joy in a very long time. I never thought I would feel joy again. And that's when it really hit me that I lost my ability to play. And that became part of my life mission. All right. That was Karen. Now, Sarah, I'm going to let you pick up here because first of all, thank you for sharing that. That is an incredible thing to discover in an unexpected way. So Sarah, pick it up there. So my my story has a similar vein. My older daughter, who's now 16, was born with a rare genetic syndrome called Angelman syndrome. Um, 2,300 people in the world have been diagnosed with it. As Luckily for all of us who have people with Angelman syndrome in our lives, a symptom is happiness. So they're very, very happy. But she cannot speak or do any activities of daily living. And to pile onto her severe disability... Um, about eight years ago, my husband of 17 years had massive strokes and he can't speak and became severely disabled. So what I learned about myself is that I'm an optimist. And most people are like, how, how did you carry on? How did you continue forward? And it's my inner sense of optimism um, that really drives me. And I never knew this. And one of the things that as a, a duo, as co-founders, I think Karen and I are often relying on my optimism to take us through what are really, really hard moments, especially starting before the pandemic and getting getting us through it. So uh, I rely on that a lot. So if you're watching the video, you can see that Karen is playing with slime, both Sarah and Karen are playing with slime, and, which is amazing because we're talking about real stuff right now, but yet the ability to keep it light and present is important in life and it's important to be an entrepreneur. We're talking about your business today, but you just set up kind of a lot of the qualities and experiences you have that have informed what you built. Tell us about Slumu Institute. Like what, you know, I think about it, I've walked by, so for everybody listening, we're all like five blocks away from each other right now doing this interview. We should just like all be together, but you know, we want to have it nice and recorded on video. But I walk by your store all the time and it's amazing. And there has been this trend now towards, you know, Museum of Ice Cream, the Color Museum, like these experiential things. This is, you know, when I think about it, this is about experience. It's about getting your hands dirty. But at the same time, like this is a completely unique concept. And I'm just like, how did it come to you? Where did this idea come from and what made you want to do it? I think uh, the idea really came from our personal experiences when when I played with slime mm-hmm. and found that it gave me this incredible sense of joy and freedom and it enabled me to forget all of the issues and pain that I was in in my personal life. I knew there was something special there and I brought it to Sarah because I thought she could use the same reprieve and the way that we all bonded with 
Sarah and her two daughters and each other and ourselves was so incredibly powerful that we thought we have to bring the magic of what the simplicity of squeezing and smelling and touching and hearing, because as you play with slime, it also makes sounds. We can bring this to the world in a way that really meshes our skill sets and our shared sensibility from an aesthetic and brand point of view. Our world is much more than just slime. I mean, there's elements that are scent and immersive video. It's it's really about triggering everything and in a very hands-on, screen-off kind of way. And that passion that we found doing playing again was really what made us say we can bring something so different to other people and give them the same gift that we had. Now, you could have just made slime and sold it, I don't know, at different stores, but you've chosen to go like real world experiences. And I have a, I have a little guess that partially it's because of the work that you've done, Sarah, like your, your background. So talk about, talk about that decision and how that kind of plays into your history as an entrepreneur. Yeah. So my background is in hospitality uh, and business management. I have my MBA in finance, but spent a lot of time at Starwood Hotels working on the, um, the brand experience across all of the nine brands at Starwood. So what do you, what do you see when you walk in? What do you smell? How are you greeted? Um, what do the sheets feel like? What is the soap, right? Everything around the immersive part of a hotel experience um, is something that I spend a lot of time thinking about and building. But I think importantly, Karen and I have a joint love of contemporary art. And I do talk about this sometimes that we have spent a lot of time going to performance art together. And it's really a passion of ours to go to to experiential art. And it's something that we love. And I think the two of us said, we we can do this. We can build something that um, goes beyond just experiential retail, but is truly interactive and immersive. And that's one of the things that I think really sets us apart and why people keep coming back is that every single moment of the journey through Slumo Institute, you're you are interacting, not not just taking a photo. Yeah. We always say that it's the guests who bring our space to life, not the space that brings them to life. <laughs> now you, so I get it. You know, for you, Sarah, like building a physical space, given sort of your your trajectory, it feels really, it feels like a really natural kind of decision. Karen, tell us about how your your sort of history beyond the, the the sort of the joy that, that this product brings you, but sort of your professional history kind of fed in into how you shaped the company and why you wanted to do this. So my background is all in the media. At my core, I'm a storyteller. Mm. I started my career in the mid-90s as a journalist and began, you know, in the print world before there was anything online. And over the years, really evolved to realizing that my best skill set is in branding and marketing and taking that sense of storytelling and bringing it to life in different ways. I really got into social media in the early 2000s when it wasn't called social media and was the first to really move in the influencer space. In 2006, I was bringing influencers who nobody talked about, thought about, noticed to brands and telling brands they should work with them and pay them. And so I started the first talent management agency that represents influencers as talent and and built 
it, you know, it was happening with or without me. I just, I just saw it first. And I think that in doing that, I also saw how important real world experiences are and how you bring them to life and tell stories in in more modern ways. And that's what experiential is. It's ultimately storytelling. And at my core, that's what I'm about. And I love things that have like aesthetically pleasing elements to them. And that's like what we get to bring to life with the design of the space, the architecture of the space, even just the making of our compounds. FOMO. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to netsuite.com slash FOMO. That's netsuite.com slash FOMO. netsuite.com slash FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. FOMO. Okay, you have this idea. It's a cool idea. It's a good idea. And, you know, it's when you kind of think about it, it's like, okay, let's create a space where people of all ages can come and have a great experience with something novel that's hands-on in this world where everybody's on a screen. And let's do it in, in New York City where people love that kind of stuff. And let's formulate our own slime that people are going to go crazy about. Okay, all that sounds good. However, then you actually have to do it. So talk about the process of like, just like, how does one do this? Like I would, you know, okay. I, there's a lot of steps here. Like, how did you figure out, like, where did you start? I think that's the most important. Where did you start in this process? Like, what did you figure out first? So this is the beautiful thing about Karen and I as co-founders. Mm. We started with the brand. We literally, our first document was the brand, the essence of it, our mission of delivering joy, our values, and from that, it and I say to this day, it enabled us to make decisions lockstep together and really, really quickly. We're we're probably the speediest 
uh, co-founders out there uh, in terms of making decisions and building things. And it's because we both know exactly what we're building, this amazing brand. And we really are good at the divide and conquer. So we say, this is your skill set. This is my skill set. Let's go come back together. Go come back together. So immediately it was like, Sarah's like, I'm calling my broker to help us find the space. I've worked with her for like dozens, you know, forever. I'm like, I'm calling my my guy who has done all my branding project work for 20 plus years. We'll meet the lawyer together and decide on the lawyer. We'll start, like, let's put a vision board together. Sarah's vision board and my vision board, when you put them together, it was almost like we didn't even know who brought what to the table. Wow. It was, one vision and it was independently created. The only difference is that on her, like one photo was her daughter. So it's like, you know, that was Sarah's daughter nice. with like a rainbow poop emoji, but there's somehow on my side is also a rainbow poop emoji. What? And you know, we're in our late 40s. We were in our late 40s doing this. And, you know, we, we then just said, all right, how do you build a slime kitchen? We brought in, Slimers. We were buying slime from kids and adults all over the internet. So we had these interesting relationships and we were like, let's get the industrial Hobart mixers. Let's go to Elmer's glue and, you know, create the marketing partnership because all of our slime is made with Elmer's glue and flew to Atlanta and literally like left with a glue partnership. Like we just made this massive list and just checked everything off the boxes and figured out what we didn't know in real time and had a lot of like, OMG, what did we do moments? But so does every entrepreneur. Sure. So what I'm hearing is that is a combination. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot in there, but let's, let's kind of go, go by bits. Number one was you started with the brand. That was the place where your hearts were. That was kind of the part that played closest to what both of you love to do and are really good at. Then you crowdsourced a lot of the IP and the, you know, sort of the experience, like you kind of figured out through people in the, in the marketplace of slime, kind of what, what is out there, what you liked, what you didn't like. Then you went and found a great partner so that you had somebody reputable that could help you make something really special. So it's like you took those bit by bit and you didn't do it alone. You were really smart about working with like people out there who also shared your love for this product. I want to talk a little bit about brand because I know a lot of people, this is the part that I love too, by the way. I love naming things. I mean, obviously, right? Love this. Uh, love it. Love it. it. It feels really good to me and I'm obsessed about it and I'm, I know when it's right and when it's wrong and it's sort of like inside of me. A lot of people struggle with that part. You've come up with a brand, Slumo Institute. Talk about like what that, the naming process, the naming, pro- like, cause it's interesting. You think about Slumo, those are new words. We, but yet they kind of have like a auto poetic kind of yes. thing going on. Institute, very specific choice there. Unpack the brand and how you came up with that name. Yeah, we, we worked for a long time on choosing the name. Mm. And then we knew exactly what the name should be. It it came from a trend that was happening online in 2017 in the slime community, where everyone was uh, putting their slime name in on Instagram, and it was replacing the vowels of your name with double O. So Sarah becomes Suru, 
Karen Karoon <laughs> Lime is Slumu. Whoa. The minute we heard Slumu, we said, that is it. A, it's probably trademarkable <laughs> because it's not a yeah. real word. B, it is adorable and it sounds squishy. Like you want to hug that name and see we could have a character. That character can become a world. That world can be the new Pokemon, the new Disney, and so on. I mean, you know, this is our, this is Slumu. Yeah. And a who, character and a species. It's very cute. So who doesn't want to like love and hug that? And it also kind of blends that feeling of anime, Japanime, this sort of super flat design that from our love of the art world, really resonated with us. And that little character emanates joy and is no color, is no one shape, is no one size. And that's very much a part of our brand. Leave everything behind. When you're playing with slime, you're just in your language of play. Now, according to the FOMO Sapiens research team... You mean... Yeah, how would you say Patrick? Is it Putru? Putruk. 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 That is kind of amazing. So according <laughs> to our research team, Rusuchturm, uh that's <laughs> tough. Um you guys opened your 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 New York City location in 2019, fall of 2019. So great. But you obviously had the pandemic in there and I'm sure you were like, boy, this is this is tricky because we just got into business that is got a, a like a strong physical location thing going on, you know, in, in an expensive place in New York City where it's just, you know how it is. And then you had to figure out what to do. And of course, with kids, especially, you know, you couldn't just open up after two months. You know, it's like this, you know, parents are very careful. A lot of people didn't let their kid leave the house for two years. How did the whole pandemic shape the business? Like, how did you react to it and how did you pivot? We were we were lucky in a bunch of ways. Mm -hmm. The first is we were still so skinny uh, that we were still in such a startup mode. We didn't have a lot of corporate overhead. I think there were five of us. And we're also really lucky that Karen was a germaphobe. So she became team lead wow. on cleanliness and, uh, you know, safety. And we immediately said, how do we bring joy? That's our mission to people when they're stuck home. So within two weeks, we began our after school programs where it started with, let's just do some classes to teach people how to make slime and come together as a community virtually, see how that sticks. And once we saw it immediately stick and have so much demand that we were doing multiple ones on different time zones, we said, what's our six-week after-school program? As it went to summer, what's our what's our Camp Slumu program where wow. you get a gigantic box of six or seven weeks of materials, each in a bag, week one, week two, week three, week four. And during this time, we would create this entire kind of program that would build week after week after week. And we saw the people, first of all, there were adults coming to this class to learn. And then we thought if there are adults coming to this class. As adults, we love slime and we love play. So we started to reach out to brands. And before we knew it, we were doing corporate 600 people at Google teaching them how to make slime, Nike, Pfizer, Bank of America, agencies, Snapchat. We saw the joy of bringing people together in a fresh way. Sometimes we would send it with 
cocktail recipes. So they would make the cocktail and we would do the slime that matched for the adults. Wow. Yeah, and that's not for the kids. Friends with each other. They were exchanging information and developing new relationships while they were not able to have their traditional social lives. Now, was that a, when you think about that kind of stuff, was that just a, let's do this to get through to the other side? Or have you continued doing those kinds of things because they're just a good business as well? We wanted to continue doing them. Mm. We found that the demand changed mm. because people are really tired of being on screens yeah. and they want to be out touching and feeling again. We are very much about alcohol wipes at every single area. So it's, you know, wipe before you slime, wipe after you slime, you know, there's hand washing upon entrance. Um, you know, we change out the everything so that it does feel clean. We're constantly cleaning around the area. That's one thing that you'll see in a lot of comments is people saying, I cannot believe how clean this is. Wow. That is very impressive, especially given the, you know, it's a, it's, it's not a quiet place when you walk in, 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 you know, Sumo Institute, there's a lot of there's a lot of kids being pretty, pretty, pretty happy. FOMO. FOMO. Now, I want to talk a little bit. I was just perusing your social media on Instagram, and you have about 200,000 followers, including among the followers are a former guest of our show, the actress Sammy Gale, who we love. And what, what I see is it's interesting. So you have they're all reels and they're colorful and amazing. And I'm just curious, like, what is, you know, as you think about that, what is the secret when you have a brand that is exciting and fun and new to building a following that matters on socials. Like what have been your lodestar, your guiding principles around that? It's going to sound very trite and what everyone says, but it all boils down to authenticity, honesty. We're not afraid to show the mistakes. We had a massive flood within the first month of opening oh. that was literally the equivalent of a monsoon in our basement. And we showed that. Like that is the journey of a business. Mm. And it was the same day that Vogue was coming to shoot with Alessandra Ambrosio as a day in the life. And we were like, we can't even go to the basement to get our uniforms. People were showing up at my house at seven in the morning to borrow rain boots. I mean, it was wild. And Sarah was out and everybody was, my, I was, I remember it was seven in the morning and I was doing yoga and my phone kept ringing. And I was like, I have to see what this is. And they're like, Sarah's at a, uh, Barry's boot camp. She's not answering. And I'm like, what's <laughs> happening? They're like, look at this video. And I was like, I'm come over for rain boots. Like we're just calling everybody on the planet to get it fixed. Like we show that we show so much play and we're really this reprieve. I mean, you see the world is hard. There is so they say, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much difficulty right now, and it is really refreshing to have a zone that you know feels healthy mm. and fun and colorful, and there's meaning behind it. We talk about mental health. We talk about neurodiversity and the inclusivity around celebrating the way other people process because not everybody is the same. I want to talk a little bit about the learnings here because what I love about I me, mean, I'm having such a good time with you too, because you're fun, but also you're highly competent. And I think that combination is uh, super important, obviously to succeed. But if I were to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a do over right now. You can go back and take 
and change a decision that you've made on this business since the inception, right? So you get a mulligan as it were. If mm -hmm. I were to give you that, what would it be? Mm. I mean, I don't think we have a big no, mulligan. I would, I would love to do our basement floors in the kitchen so when we film in our kitchen in new york it doesn't look so crappy <laughs> <laughs> we i think we made some early entrepreneurial decisions that we immediately regretted by um looking at what other experiences were doing and and you know maybe following along as opposed to using our own analytical skills and gut instinct to make our own decisions so we chose a ticketing partner that many experiences were using, and it was a disaster wow. on on many fronts. Uh, starting with the fact that we had double the amount of tickets sold on the first day, uh, so we got slammed. But carrying through to not having them not charge taxes, so we had big issues. Or on double. Remember they double charge taxes. Double. They had to they had to pay us Holy taxes. Holy moly! That's a, a nightmare. That was a nightmare. And then we used a um, QR code photo system in the space that we spent a lot of resources putting in. So you could you could enter your email and get a card and then scan it and it would take a photo of you in all these ideal locations. And I think in the end, we, we realized that the phone is a better camera than what exists out there in the market, so to speak. And when people are playing with slime, they don't even want to take photos or be on their phone. They yeah. just want to interact and have fun. It's not a photography You get the thing, slime so. on the phone and that is not what you want to do. Right? <laughs> wow. Okay. And then I do want to talk a little bit about, so what you do really well, among other things, is you are masters of FOMO generation. And as we think about the definition of FOMO, which I'm going to share with everybody right now, so we're on the same page. It's about two things. It's giving, um, it's giving people something to aspire to, something exciting that they want. Oftentimes, too, by social media. It's like that bigger, better experience thing that we all want to do, combined with the feeling that a lot of other people are doing it and we don't want to be the only one who doesn't. So that combination is what drives FOMO. Now, people do that in a million different ways. They do it through scarcity. They do it through social media. They do it through influencers. They do it through a really unique and exciting product. They do it through experiences, all this sort of stuff. You are using many of those elements in the way that you tell your brand story. And really, at the end of the day, like... This show, every entrepreneurial project is a story, whether the entrepreneur really, really realizes it or not. Talk about, because like you may have thought about in these terms, but what are the, the pillars of your sort of FOMO generation strategy to get people in those doors playing with your product? I think at the end of the day, everything boils back down to the brand mission, which is delivering joy. When you see joy, you want a piece of it. And when you see brightness and happiness. And there's also, you know what, I think it was the New York Times who did a story at one point that was ASMR is the biggest trend you never heard of. Like yeah. that world of hashtag satisfying, I think ha hashtag satisfying is very much a term of the screen generation because they it's like mesmerizing to watch things. So we live in a world of mesmerizing to watch and mesmerizing to hear. There's a sound element, uh, not just playing with sign, but also the experience. There's an area we call synthesoothers, which is all soothing custom tracks of hashtag ASMR. 
giving people that, which intrinsically delivers joy, people want a piece. Who doesn't want to play in a world where everything is so tough? And when, you know, that that feeling of childhood where you could be with people who don't speak the same language, but spend hours together having fun, that's what the environment of Slumu does. To me, that's the ultimate, it's not even fear of missing out. It's you want in, not because you're scared, because you need it. You mm-hmm. actually need it. Right. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, I want to I want to get your take on this because as somebody who is steeped in creating experiences, that's where you kind of, that's your heritage as an entrepreneur. How do you do that in the space? We do it by having every moment be interactive and tapping into all of your senses. So we have 30 vats of five gallons of slime in each vat. That's a crazy amount of slime. And every slime has a different scent, texture, color. You you just, you can't stop. You see, you'll see people standing at one and then they'll see another one to run over and try that. And then beyond the slime, we have, we have a, almost this Willy Wonka world where you're, you can't believe you're doing this. We have a lake where you can walk on 300 gallons of slime and no one, no one even imagined that they could do it. And then you see adults and kids jumping up and down and laughing hysterically. It's just this true, true interactive tapping into your sense of play. Amidst this really glossy pop design that is telling a story through architecture. I think our other cities, especially Houston, which we just opened, does that the best mm-hmm. uh, because we have this wide open space to explore. Everything's from bigger that. in Texas. Yeah, everything. <laughs> it's big in Texas. Thir- 25 foot ceilings. Wowza. In New York City, you're not blessed with 23,000 square feet and 25 foot ceilings. Um, but still, New York City is is our baby and where we began and where we do all of our testing. Yeah, and New York's just awesome. All right, so guess what time it is? It's time for the Lutuning Lutuning Rund Lightning <laughs> Round. A lightning Round. I got I got four questions, lightning answers from you. We're gonna go Sarah and then Karen for each one, just so we're organized. You ready to go? Yeah. All right. Favorite quote. Hard, right? Ooh. I know hard. I mean, get it eighty percent right and go. Nice, I like that. Laughter is the best medicine. Oof. Okay, number two, name a book that every FOMO sapiens should read. West with the Night by Beryl Markham. Oh. As old school as this is, The Artist's Way. Oh, that's good. Oh, so good. <sighs> okay, number three, what's one piece of advice you give to your younger self? You got this. Be fearless. Mm. And finally, what's your most important memory? I know this is my most important memory is six years old and my brother being born. Oh, it's true. That's so nice. Wow. And my dad coming home to tell me I had a baby brother with a full head of hair. That's so cute. Uh-huh. That's really sweet. I never, I never knew that. I don't know if I have a fondest memory, but I have a memory super tied to Slumu, mm. um, which is around Fruit Loops. Because one of the things that Karen and I bonded over when we got our first batches of slime, we were ordering, Karen was ordering slime like crazy. 
is that we opened it up and we were both addicted to the Fruit Loop slime. And it's because it brought us back to our childhood. Um, I was allowed one box a week. I had two brothers. So we would just, we would eat the whole box on Saturday morning watching cartoons. Karen had like one box a month and was begging for another bowl. And I think those type of memories tied to scent really tap into your, your inner, um, sensibility and emotion and, and tap right into your, your childhood. You know, and that's part of the experience is we have a scentscape where you smell 60 different oh, scents. Before you choose the one you're going to put in the DIY slime that you make and take home. And we really thought about, well, not everyone will understand sugar cereal because maybe they grew up in Asia and they didn't have that. So we need Jasmine or not everybody has a memory of a birthday cake, but they might have a memory that kind of reminds them of the Caribbean mm. and coconut. So we're really thinking about all so the different thoughtful. cultures that could come in and what the smell will do for them. By the way, you know, you guys took me back to the cereal aisle. Do you remember, this is off topic, but we're here. The little boxes where you could get like a thing with like- Oh yeah, they came in the pack. That was like my dream as a child. It's all I ever wanted. Like, And we never got it. My parents, they were like, no. That, they wouldn't let me get that, and they wouldn't let me get the desserts at Kentucky Fried Chicken, and I have never recovered from these privations. So when we meet you, we'll bring you some sugar cereal and little boxes. That's my, that's my little dream. All right, so if you- Sugar corn pops. If you want to check out, so you guys have locations, if I'm correct, in New York City, Atlanta, Chicago, and now Houston. Yes. So, you know, if you're in the States or you're coming through for a visit, you can go check out Slumu Institute. If you want to find them online, they're at slumuinstitute.com. They're on all the socials at Slumu Institute. So you can go check out what we've been talking about. Karen Rabinowitz and Sarah Schiller, co-founders of Slumu. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, thank you, you so much, Putruk. <laughs> FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO Sapiens is recorded in New York City. Theme music is by Mike McGinnis, and editing and post-production is by Josh Elstro. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me at FOMOSapiens.com and at PatrickMcGinnis.com. To advertise on FOMO Sapiens, reach out to contact at FOMOSapiens.com.